everybody. Welcome to the PWZ Podcast. I have a very special guest today in Ref Bill Thompson. Ref Bill, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm very glad to have, have you here. Uh, first off, you know, I just want to ask you, you um, are probably one of the, I'd say, busiest referees in the Northeast, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Before COVID, yeah, yeah. Before COVID, yeah. I mean, I've seen you pop up at a lot of places. You know, uh, especially you know, prior to COVID, you're working everywhere, and then obviously very limited schedule for the last year. But um, since then, I've seen you come up a lot of places. Uh, so I want to ask you, how did you actually get into professional wrestling? Um, it's kind of a, a, an interesting story, or I think it's interesting. You might fall asleep at this point. Um, I actually started, um, I've been a fan for years. I mean, since I was a kid, the old Georgia Championship Wrestling days, uh, I loved. And um, I actually, by accident, found a local access uh, show uh, called The Squared Circle on in North Haven TV. Just flipping through the channels one night. And uh, I said, who are these guys? And they started talking about wrestling. I was like, oh, so I was listening. Uh, long story short, I kind of called in. Um, became like a voice of, you know, coming in and asking really good questions because I understood the business from a fan's perspective. I like to right. think I had a bit deeper. Um, they eventually asked me on the show. Um, I eventually started doing uh, a number of shows with them. Uh, and um, I did a, um, I got a call one night that they were at a show and they were trying to get someone to record for Paradise Alley Professional Wrestling. Uh, and I had been to a few of their shows and had met a few people. Um, I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. It was 20 minutes from my house tops where the, the event was. Went there, set up recording, did what I normally do. You know, anything I could do to help was fine. And uh, Mario Mancini, who was one of the owners, um, was talking. And I thought he was talking to somebody else. And he said, hey, Bill, I think I'm talking to you. So I went over and I said, what's going on? We were just talking about wrestling. I was asking him a ton of questions, and he said, he goes, you'd be a good referee. And I said, really? He says, yeah. He goes, we could put you in a bow tie and an a old-school shirt, and he says, you should come down to the school. And I had was doing some things with them to help out. So I went down uh, one night and uh, met Paul Roma, and um, he promptly said, uh, what are you standing there for? If you want to be a referee, you got to get in the ring. I got in there, uh, literally my knees were knocking like crazy, you know, because I was like, oh, my God, Paul Roma, you know, he yelled at me. So I'm in there. Um, I was in there 15, 20 minutes, and he said, what do you think? I says, oh, yeah. I says, yeah, yeah, and I was hooked. I mean, I was hooked before. I was hooked as soon as I walked into the, the building, um, and I started my, uh, my referee training with uh, Mario Mancini uh, on a Monday night, um, actually – L ref who I know you are familiar with. Yep. Um, we went in together. Uh, we would go in on Monday nights and work with whoever we could. Um, we just worked on our basic stuff, stuff that we learned, stuff that Mario taught us. And we eventually got to the, what they called the veterans, excuse me, the veterans class on a Wednesday night, which was a whole nother ball game. Cause you're in the ring with these guys, you know, from, you know, uh, Richard holiday, uh, Matias, the you know P Paradise Alley professional wrestling tra uh, champion, Showtime Marcel Williams, HOP, and you're oh my god, you're just working with these guys, and uh, it kind of went on for there. We trained for probably I would say give or take about six months. We lugged lugged rings back and forth. We came very good at which is a forgotten craft as part of being a referee is learning how to put the ring together and take the ring apart. Um, and then one day we had our gear and Paul, Paul said, your names are on the board, get over there and do what you got to do. And, uh, it took off from there. So, uh, you know, I started, uh, getting in the ring and, uh, been going ever since. What was the training like? I know professional wrestling as an active, as an actual wrestler, it's extremely hard. I mean, I've never done it, but from what I've heard, I've interviewed quite a few people. As a referee, isn't any much any different, harder, or less hard? Um, it, it, clearly, we're not taking all the physical bumps. Right. The, but it's really kind of a – you're not taking that – you know, some of the matches are 15, 20 minutes, could be 30 minutes, right. could be an hour. But as a referee, you're out there 
um, maybe in some cases the entire show. Um, right. So the training was um, a lot of learning how to properly uh, stage yourself in the ring to be able to count um, as, as, as easy or as hard as it looks to actually count. There is a science to doing it without right. either dislocating your wrist or breaking your, fo your forearm. Um, we learned um, how to exit the ring if we get knocked out of the ring. Um, there was a couple Saturdays. All we did was learn how we got knocked off the top rope, thrown over the top rope, thrown through the middle rope, thrown through the bottom, back to the top. I can tell you that El Ref and I had rope burns up and down parts of our body that we can't say on your podcast. Um, and it, it, We've gotten pretty gruesome here. Yeah, yeah. El Ref has really... We have a couple really funny stories between the both of us, but yeah, we we took a lot of we took a lot of abuse. I mean, not abuse in a bad way, but it was like this is what it is. Yeah. It was more that was letting you know these are the things that could happen, and this is what you have to be prepared for to be safe and to protect yourself. Um, right. So a lot of it was a lot of the nuances of and of regarding of trying to make sure you're getting in there and counting people in the, you know, in the, in the corners, your five counts, your 10 counts, what happens when they go outside the ring? It's all the different rules, but then you get, you really get the basics and then, you know, then you're going to the shows and right. that's where you're really, you're, you, you have your toolbox. And then when you start going into the shows, that's when you're throwing extra things in your toolbox. I mean, we were taught, uh, I've been told I'm a very vocal referee, um, and that's something that was kind of like, you know, be vocal, be it, you know, enunci enunciate, because the fans in the front row can hear you, but can fans in the back rows hear you. Right. Um, so I'm very, you've seen me work, I'm fairly animated so that the fans know, hey, if someone's getting their hair pulled, I'm yelling, pull, get off the hair the counts, the different things. So it was really, um, it was a long process. It wasn't something where I've seen some people or some schools where, um, you know, and nobody in particular, but I say to referees, I'm like, how long have you been doing this? They're like, well, I trained last week and they're putting me in a match now. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so, um, we were, we were fairly prepared. Um, and it worked out very well because we, I think that the longer we spent with Paul and Mario, uh, Paul Perez, who's one of the co-owners, uh, Big Steve Tracy, they were very much, they wanted us to look professional. They talked about having, making sure you had your, your black shoes and you had your black pants and you had your zebra shirt and you looked professional in the ring and you looked clean and you looked good. But the more the thing is like putting together that whole package of being a professional, showing up doing the things you need to do. And when people talk about you, Hey, this is, you know, this guy's a professional, this is what they do. Um, so, and, and honestly, the training never really stops. I mean, you're learning, you're right. learning show, you're learning. There's so many different situations. Uh, you know, you're learning how not to get hurt. You're learning what to do in the event that somebody gets hurt in the ring. Um, that's something that I pride myself on. I'm always, you know, you've seen some of these, hits these guys take it's like in you don't see referees really move um i'm very very attuned to that looks really bad if right. i think it looks bad it could be worse and checking on people's right. it's just part of the process it's 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 really never ending but you get the basics and then you you move on from there i've seen you pay very close attention to certain guys like if they took a certain bump such as guys like flash baller who's gone off the rope into the floor. Like you're very attentive to saying, Hey, you're okay. Yeah. Move, yada, yada, stuff like that. I'm, I'm speaking verbatim, but you know, that's always a good thing because it's like, I worry about guys like that. And, and, you know, uh, that's just very important as part of being like a referee, make sure that these guys are okay on top of being able to compete as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things. I think it's, it's a thing where, it's better to be safe than sorry. Like I, I had an occasion where I didn't check on somebody right away. I got distracted and I went out there and I'm like, I went, I said, you're okay. They're like, Nope. And I'm like, Oh, by that time, the person had already started to grab them. And I basically kind of leaned on them and said, the, you know, Hey, this guy's hurt. Uh, and then, 
you know, you know, the match was the match was what the what the match was, but it was like this person's hurt. Give me a second. And I learned that you have to um, it's like a boxing match or an MMA match. It's like, you know, hey, give me a second. Are you good? They're like, yeah, yeah. And the individual happened to get hit in the throat. And I was just like, you know, back off. And I'm, you know, getting a little bit of the business from, you know, the, the, the other competitor. And I'm like, back off. I'm like, are you good to go? And he's like, they're like, yeah. I said, okay. I said, let's go. Let's finish the match. You know, so. What was it like your first match out there after, you know, getting into the ring? Were you nervous in front of like a group of people? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a very, and I get that question a lot. How did you feel? It's like the longest part of the match was me running from the locker room to the ring. Okay. And once you get in the ring, it's really just you and the wrestlers or the talent in the ring. I yeah. hear the fans. I hear the cheers. I hear the screaming. But it's like it's kind of muted because I'm so much because you have to remember, we're all fans, regardless if you're a wrestler. Right. You know, you're still a fan and you still want to see good matches. Um, so I'm in there and I'm very, very attuned to what's going on because I have a dual job. It's like I'm mm -hmm. a fan. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow, that was amazing. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You're a referee. You have to go count now, you know, or you have to go check or you have to figure out what happened you know, where is who's cheating, whatever it is. Um, so um, for me, the longest my first match, the longest walk was from the back room to the to the ring and then out of the ring back. But the funny story there is uh, my first match was Nutrius X against Mateus. And the only thing that went the thing that went wrong was what I was worried about is uh, Mateus was kicked in the nose. And when he came up, he had blood all over was coming down his nose. And I was like, oh, oh, shit, excuse my language. And mm -hmm. so I pushed off Nutrius X and I rolled in and I looked at him and says, are you good? And he said, I said, and I said, are you good? And he looked at me and I says, your nose isn't broken. There's just a lot of blood. I go, I think you're fine. And then the match continued. And he said to me after the match, he said to me that uh, he said that was so important to him that I was able to give him that information so quickly because all he knew is there was blood all over the place. And I told him, I says, nose isn't broken. You took a shot to the face. I think you're good. And then they just continued to go. And I ultimately, I think he won that match. So, yeah. Right. Let's see. Um, you've had the privilege of working with uh, so many great talents in your time. I know you worked with killer cross prior to signing with WWE, uh, just incredible. Um, trying to think of who else but what's it like working with those guys and um just those guys in general yeah it's uh it it, it to a certain extent i mean they're all different people but they're they're mm -hmm. different i'll tell you uh what's a, i think he's carrying cross in the nft yeah. now he yep. truly a humble guy um i was nervous because i had seen his work at uh impact uh i think he was in mlw at that time or and was transitioning yeah. over um he did a couple I had, shots yeah sorry yeah and um met him um uh, him and uh the young man uh last name was i'm saying green and i think it was anthony green not the anthony green but um not the uh, one that's in nxt now uh no Okay. And, and I apologize to him if I'm wrong, but they had a very like shoot match where they were holds and submissions and uh, carrying cross ended up tapping them out. Um, but at the end, I said, was there anything? And he's like, no, he goes, you did a really great job. He goes, what did you think of the match? And I'm always very careful because I don't like to critique. I always just say, these are the things that I liked. These are the things the fans liked. I says anything that you think you need to work on. Obviously, that's something you you're good you're good with. Um, right. But yeah, I worked with Crowbar. Um, oh, he's the a good guy. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, just incredible. Um, I always he <laughs> funny stories with him is I've done a few of his matches and I'm like I've gone in and you know he's just. You know, he's bleeding, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, brother, uh, dude, I'm like, you're really busted open. He's like, I'm all right, dude. Don't worry, I can take it. You know, <laughs> and so 
you know, you feel good about it, but you're like, you know, the professionals, the true guys that have been around for a number of years, and that's just not the big names. There's some folks out there that have been wrestling for 15, 20 years, and they're mm-hmm. very well known. You know, um, it's just, and it, there's just a different professionalism with it. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you could tell they've been there. They're smooth. There are things that they are like, hey, this is what we're going to do. They try to keep it in some way, shape, or form simple. They want to make sure that there's a good match, uh, that they're both competitive. Um, so, And I've had relatively uh, good experiences. I just did uh, Blitzkrieg Pro uh, last week, and I was in the ring with Max Caster from a- 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 AEW, uh, VSK from Creator Pro Champion, and then um, Brian Myers, uh, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins in the WWE. Um, and uh, I did uh, I did their match, and they were both they were all very happy. Um, for full disclosure, I did sustain an injury, um, so I was hurt during that match um, mid- midway through the card, and uh, basically did the mid from the big middle part of the match to the very end uh, uh, in severe pain. So yeah, those and they were complimentary, and I'm like, you know, okay, cool. <laughs> you were able to recover. Uh, yes, so as I could, yes. yes. I've seen you take quite a few bumps. Uh, you know, you got uh, speared, I think, once. I'm trying to remember. That was somewhat recently. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris Battle on the uh, Battle Academy out of Paradise yes. What do you think of that uh, angle that's going on? Because literally right now, I think that's my favorite thing that's going on in Paradise Alley is the whole Battle Academy versus the Miracle Generation. Uh, it's been a great series, and... Um, the talents. I mean, I know the Battle Academy guys are all the kids coming up, correct? The students, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the guys, uh, the Haven, you know, all those guys, Miracle Generation guys have been there a little while and put on some incredible matches. But I just think the storyline and the way it's unfolding is just, it's really great wrestling storyline. Yeah, it's um, uh, its a tremendous book. Um, you know, um, it, the interesting thing is that uh, uh, Flash Waller, I, I did his first match. Kylon Kings, I did his first match. Uh, the Haven, I think I did their first and or second match. A um, couple of the kids from Battle Academy, I did their first match. Um, and I think the whole booking of it with regards to uh, the experience and talent level of Chris Battle um, and this, the whole thing, it's it's got that, you know, it gives me that old style like you know, um, Mid Atlantic, um, yes, Memphis kind of feel about it, where you know you, you're all of a sudden you're getting these pieces coming in, and then it just kind of blows up into a big thing. So yeah, it's definitely <clears throat> you know a hot rivalry, um, and uh, I, I honestly I think that's gonna just the way it's going. I think that's gonna be continuing for a while. So I was there the evening that the uh, the Battle Academy troop i guess group uh came from the crowd while you were knocked down and uh gave flash the the nut shot and i like literally i just i was like oh my god that's so awesome like it was totally unexpected it just kind of came out of nowhere and it was just it just it was really good it was just really good storytelling the whole thing and then the last show uh the match was really good too yeah um so it's just been something that i've been really looking forward to as part of that uh that entire series paradise alley Paradise Alley is the, the uh, it's probably the number one promotion that I attend shows of, and that's pretty much your home promotion, correct? Yeah, that's my uh, that that's my my northern star. Although I'd say my daughter's my north star all the time, um, but um, that's my home. Um, they have perf- first preference on any kind of uh, you know any card that comes up. If anybody else, unless there's some major thing where I've planned that well in advance. Um, they are the place that I, I work. That's my consistent place to work. So, uh, There's worked several other nor- organizations in the North and Northeast. I know I've seen you at a, what's that, American Coliseum? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Uh, Amer- that, that's- yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember that when you came down. Yeah. To the show. Uh, American Coliseum Wrestling with uh, Kevin Apollo. Um, right. Of, uh, I think it's like New York, New Jersey kind of area, but um yeah great guy um good promotion he um yeah i think 
it's very hard for him to book in that area. Um, but he's done some really good stuff. And, um, you know, I keep in contact, I, I kind of keep in contact with a lot of the promoters, just even if it's mm -hmm. just to say, Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope everything's going well. So Kev Kevin's a very nice guy. He's treating me very well. So. They haven't, uh, I think it's, nobody's running in New York yet, New York, New Jersey, yet, as far as shows from what I've gathered. Uh, I think that's yep. supposed to be opening up this summer. The only thing I've seen um, is Battle Club Pro. Um, okay. But I'm not sure. I got to look. They may not be running out of New York. They may be running out of just over the line into Jersey. Okay. Um, so um, th th I've worked for them. Uh, I worked for them once. Uh, uh, I, I was having to print out Giacomo. I think it's Morales. Um I kind of keep in contact with him every once in a while. During COVID, I tried to really just say, hey, just checking in, seeing how your families are doing. Um, right. You know, if anything bad, I was like, you know, what could I do to help you out? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I it, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I, I get around. I do get around. Yeah, I know I've seen you in, you've been on Test of Strength shows and then I'm trying to remember. But you recently made your Northeast Wrestling debut on their TV show, Studio Wars. So Yes. How did that come about, and what was that experience like? Uh, that was, um, as I'm smiling, as I'm saying, um, that was really something that kind of came out of, uh, kind of, not out of nowhere, but it, it did. Um, I was kind of made reference to, and someone's like, hey, you might be getting a phone call from somebody. And the thing is, I've worked with so many people who have done stuff with them and um, kind of backtracked a little bit. I, I actually went and did um, the Bethany show um, probably maybe a year and a half ago. I went okay. and I worked the ring crew there, um, went up there just to help out. You know, just to get just to talk to people, get to see people I know it's because it's fun because there's a lot of people that you work with. But just because you go to a wrestling show doesn't mean that everybody's wrestling. People just show up wrestlers right. just out and they were, you know, they travel together. And um, I ended up helping out with the ring. I ended up staying later, cleaning up, doing everything else. And I had a couple of people say, hey, we really appreciate everything. Um, I did some other stuff for them. And um I was invited, um, re, you know, was reached out. It's like uh, Mike Lombardi uh, basically reached out to me and said, hey, we're doing some studio wars. Would you be interested in coming? And I said, I could be there now if you need me. And he uh, he said, we don't need, I, I think he said something like, you know, laughed, but he was like, this is the date. This is the time. Um, I went up there. Um, I try to pride myself on getting to the venues early. Um, I did some things to help out, clean up, set up, um, and then I got invited back again, uh, and I got invited back to another event. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things where it's, uh, you know, it was a nice thing. And, you know, you know, I'm just very happy and grateful for the fact that I got invited and that I, I've been able to work the shows, um, whatever capacity it is. I got to meet, you know, uh, Matt Taven. Yeah. Um Matt, Matt Taven had, you know, uh, I had met him before, but, you know, he, he he knew who I was, but I was up there and he's like, oh, you did a great job. Uh, you know, he's patting me on the back and I'm just like, oh, my God, Matt Taven's patting me on the back, <laughs> you know, and it's like, but it's a nice feeling when some when people of a, a certain level will say, hey, you have a good work ethic. We appreciate what you do. You're a really hard worker. So, you know, you're doing the right thing. And that's where I was telling right. tell referees. I'm like don't limit yourself get there early help out you should be willing to do everything you can to make that promotion better or elevate the level of the talent that you're working with whether it's inside or outside the ring so they're returning to live events have you do you know anything about that yet like mm -hmm. are you going to be are do you plan on being a part of it or you haven't heard uh -huh. anything yet i know i'm doing some work with them uh in the summer and um i you know i basically i offer my services to just help out um right and then um i i go i hearken back to the denzel washington uh quote is if you hang around the barbershop long enough you're bound to get a haircut 
So if you have a wrestling <laughs> right. ring as a talent, you know, as a referee, somebody's going to say eventually, get him in the ring. So um, right. and I found that works. Works for me. And I tell referees, I'm like, just don't show up at, you know, 20 minutes before the show and say, hey, do you need somebody? Get there. Do the ring. You know, that's the thing is nobody like nobody likes lugging a ring around. And so if you're willing to do that, someone's going to say, you know what? They busted their butt. Let's give them a shot. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll hear some stuff. And if I don't and I just work ring crew and do other things, I'm sure something something good will happen. Right. I plan on I know they were booked. They uh, announced a Southington show for this uh, June something. I don't remember. I have the date on my phone, but. Uh, I plan on going to that. I haven't been to a Northeast wrestling show since the North Haven Fair. Probably it's got to be almost two years ago now. And uh, that was a really fun show. Um, you know, it's funny because some of those people are on TV now that were on there. Like uh, Christian Casanova is in NXT yeah. now. So, yeah. and, and I got to interview JT Dunn just a few months later, you know, uh, yeah. when, I, when I started this podcast. Yeah, he's a good guy. He was a, lot, he was a fun interview. He was a really fun interview. Um, Let's see. What else? Uh, oh, geez, I don't even know where to go now. <laughs> so you got King of Paradise. You got King of Paradise this weekend. Yep, KOP, yep. Uh, it's going to be a good show. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to attend it. I'm hoping that it's streaming on Twitch. I don't know. If, did you hear anything about that yet? I'm gonna, I'll probably find out more about that towards the middle of the week. Um, okay. I, know, I know that we uh, stopped all the online ticket sales because they get to a certain point and then our worry is is that people will show up who don't have tickets and not mm. be able to get in um so um and uh you know I, I think they'll probably put an announcement out um before or maybe just prior to the show like this is what we're going to do um so right. uh, i think maybe i could let you know a little <laughs> early you know <laughs> So I'm really hoping that it is because it's like if, if I can't make it, at least I can watch it because it's like, like I said, I stopped. There was like a brief period as an adult for like a good three, four years that I did not watch wrestling. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I divorced my first wife and then I just got busy. Just, you know, television was the least of my worries, really. Yeah. But, um, and then all of a sudden, probably about three years ago, has to be about a chance of running into Paul Roma at Cumberland Farms. You know, uh, on a on my way to work one morning, and then you know he uh, invited me down. Yeah, and I can't, you know, and I just sat there talking for about a good 10, 15 minutes. You know, I told him I was like a huge fan of his as a kid growing up, really was. And you know, when he invited me down, and then I think the next one was like a coming up was like a free show. It was like the yeah. fan appreciation show. So I went down there. Basically, I probably only missed about two shows since. Yeah, so I've been pretty much, and because it's like I just loved what I saw. It's a good fam family friendly show, and that's yeah. something that was not in professional wrestling for a very long time because you mm -hmm. know the influence of hardcore wrestling and the Attitude Era, and exactly, I like it to be a good family friendly show. So it, it's uh, they do a lot of good work as well. The uh, Paradise Island with charity work as well, like for their bigger shows. Yeah, we've done. We actually have done quite a bit over the years i mean there's i think for i mean that'd be a good two-year period where all our shows were the benefit you know the local animal shelter the local food bank um we did a show it seems like it's years ago but we did the uh show at the jcc for um the diabetes you know um yep. so like, we've done a lot of stuff to kind of give back the community which is um, is is a good thing, you know. Yep. Um, you also have to, you know, make sure that you're getting a good product, and so people want to come see it. Um, I think we uh, uh, we're really much on the last, you know, the, I think the last two years, two and a half have been kind of a a growing experience for Paradise Alley. Um, where the trajectory, and you mentioned earlier with some of the talent we have, that trajectory is kind of gone where, um, and that's how it gets sometimes. It kind of flatlines where you're, right. where, you know, and you see it with other promotions too, bigger promotions where they lose talent and then mm -hmm. they're like, what are we, where are we doing? Where's our next big thing coming from? And I think we were in that for a little while and we started doing uh, the uh, Friday Night Alley fights. 
Um, and where there was like, you know, an influx of newer talent, people would that normally wouldn't see a paradise alley. Right. And uh, the, the booking changed a little bit at, uh, another, at the, you know, main shows. And I think, um, with everything that we've done and, and to one way, shape or form as weird as it sounds, I think the pandemic has made people look at their promotions a little bit differently and mm -hmm. look at what they're doing. And I, we were in that place right before, um, the last show we did right before everything was really shut down, we were running some very hot shows. Um, right. and, and, and then the pandemic hit and we were worried at some point that we were going to lose some of that fan base. So we did some of those studio shows. Um, maybe we did, we did some dark matches. We closed down the facility. We really had like, you know, the wrestlers, referee, cameraman, uh, posted those just to keep the content and i think those were very intricate parts to add in where people like it kept us relevant and people are like oh oh wait a minute wrestling and um you know the show when we started coming back got really big um you know and you're still trying to keep everybody safe and we're still wearing masks and we're sanitizing and cleaning um there's a lot of effort that goes in before a show just to clean a facility <clears throat> excuse me and i i think that trajectory is like kind of just keeps going um plus the talent we get from you know the newer groups you mentioned uh, battle academy uh, miracle generation you know kyline king just won a tie the title from max uh Morzoff. um yep. mateus winning the title back uh winning the title um so i think that trajectory is like on the upward swing and there's a, you know, there are obviously wrestlers from other organizations that kind of come in um, and have been very key pieces. And in some cases, those uh, talent from other organizations have come in and won titles. So I yep. think it kind of gives you that that aura of where you're not sure what could happen at a show. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, get there early. Because you never know what's going to happen after the first match to the last match. And you don't want to be the one to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're late. You'll never guess what happened. <laughs> <You're> like, no. <laughs> so it's always good. I feel like the pandemic has, like, really changed professional wrestling. Like, it, like, see what, like, the big leagues are doing or, you know, groups like WWE. I feel like WWE has struggled uh, to find their niche in the uh, – uh, during the pandemic, you know, they tried so many different outlets to try to get something going. Now they've been doing this whole Thunderdome thing, which is whatever. And, you know, AEW basically had the wrestlers around the ring. And I thought AEW was doing it really well. Um, but it felt like it killed independent indie wrestling for quite some time. But it seems like a lot of groups are opening up back up again. And you guys, you know, um, the social media and doing online content is very important. You And you guys kept doing stuff. You know, you had a uh, couple matches that you did, and uh, you and Matt DeCourt did the Behind the Bell uh, yep. episodes, which I, I, you know, I always, it's always good to keep up on stuff like that. And, and it's just very important to, to put out content to keep people, to make sure that the fans know you're still here and that you will be coming back. And, you know, you got to run, what, three shows, and I, was, I think back to back to back in September, uh, yep. all in one day, and then, in October. Yeah. So um, I remember one was my birthday, so I was so psyched. Like <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. But the I remember going sitting there for all three shows. I bought tickets for all three shows and sat there and just had a blast. You know what I mean? It was so good. Then there was a couple a few months without any shows. And then uh, a couple shows back, you guys, that was when you're like basically the big return. And I just remember walking in and the whole place was packed. Yeah. And I just remember like you can definitely tell that people wanted this. People wanted to be at a show. The crowd was like such a big, like an electric crowd. They were yeah. so into it, and it was so important. And I just, I thought that was so amazing. And I ended up having like a just a really great time. Thought that was like mm -hmm. one of the best shows that I had been to, obviously since the pandemic. But you know, like it, it just, yeah. like it just felt like a great show. And you know, even Sign Guy, me and Sign Guy were talking about it afterwards, yeah. and we were just we had so much fun at that show because it just like, it felt like it should have happened. This is what professional wrestling should be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting because we, the, I, you talk about that show where we came back after, uh, 
you know, we did three shows in one day. And uh, that was like, we were, that was kind of production wise, that was a big thing for us because I don't think anyone thought we could really pull that off. And people were like, how are you going to do three shows in one day? We're like, we got it. It'll happen. And they're like, we got it. And it was done in a way where we're like, this is the way it has to be done because we can't afford to do, you couldn't have three two hour shows. You right. couldn't have three shows with six or seven matches. You had to keep them kind of, let's get these guys in, then move these people right. out and bring these folks in and then shut down, clean up, bring people back in. And it was really, right. um, it, it really kind of, it, it, from our perspective, it really pulled the group together because as a group, we were doing things and moving and cleaning and making sure we had everything and made sure everybody was safe and who had masks on and making sure that they understood what we had to do and just the moving in and out of talent. Um, like you said, I think a lot of, I think some organizations have struggled more to kind of figure it out. Um, I'm happy to see that, you know, uh, places like, you know, ring of honor, um, impact, um, you know, MLW, um, just to name a few, um, you know, without talking about some of the, you know, the smaller promotions, you know, like, our, you know, Paradise Alley, uh, you know, Test Their Strength, um, you know, you talk about Blitzkrieg, you could talk about, you know, the promotions in Massachusetts, you know, Rhode Island. It's nice to see that some of the, that, that they've survived. And I think you're right in the perspective sense where people are like, that first show was really big coming back. And people seeing the content just be like, oh, they're putting out something. Even if it was a little taste, you're like, okay, right. cool. I can't wait to see those guys. Or, oh, I wonder if these folks are going to fight again. So I think it kind of made people look at things a little bit different. I mean, I think you noticed it like a lot of fans did coming into the school, uh, to the, the facility, the training facility is that, uh, or as we call it, the performance center. Um, we changed the whole look of that place. You know, uh, The last Three times I've been there, I had a different look each time. So, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the one summer where there was the, the door and the truck was pulled up to the thing. And then, or yep. you know, and then all of a sudden, then I walked in there the last probably two times ago. And then the whole thing was just repainted. And just, I like the current setup from the last show. I think that's yep. perfect, uh, if anybody cares. But, you know, I just think that that, it just, it's a good presentation to the product that you guys put on, uh, that, that one right there. It's 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 ever evolving too because we looked at yep. it and we said what's you know what are we what are we going to do when we come back and uh, you know we got a lot of young kids there and they're like you know you know kudos to them they were like they said let's paint the place it had been talked about and they got together they painted it they did everything they had to do we went in there were things that we had to clean up we had to do a little bit differently um, the we uh, did some. We changed some production lighting. Um, that's ever evolving with us. Um, we changed the entranceway. We opened up. We did two things. We moved the wall, created a wall, and then what we did last show was we took that wall down, moved right. it, and then so what we were able to add fans and keep the you know the you know as much social distancing as we could, and so uh, we added the you know the flags to the wall from different countries. Uh, you know. Uh, wrestling countries. I mean, everybody has wrestling, but you know, there's certain countries, you know, you know, that you, you should see their banner up there, you know? It looks like um, similar to like what the NWA does with the flags and that part I like oh, really? with the, uh, <laughs> no you know, the, what you're talking about. <laughs> the old, uh, I mean, that one, I'm kind of a huge NWA mark. So, you know, like watching the old shows where they had the flag set up. Actually, I yeah. think Memphis did that. Memphis might have did that a little bit too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, do it, yeah. I think. Hold on, there was one other question. If I can remember it. Anyways, I'll try to remember that one later. So you work with a lot of different young guys, but you've—I uh, know you're good buddies with the House of Pain. Well, tell yes. me about these guys. I know you're, you're kind of travel buddies with them, somewhat, right? Yeah, they're jerks. So um, <laughs> I hate them both. Um, no, um, it's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting, if they're going to see this podcast, I'm going to get a lot of nasty things. Saying <laughs> over there. 
But um, I'll make sure they do. I this, know, will the, this will be the man. teaser. <laughs> yeah, this will be like, you know, Bill's talking a lot of smack over here. Um, but so, no, um, they, uh, yes, they are friends of mine. Um, I readily admit that they are heels and they do some bad stuff in the ring. Um, you know, I, uh, my job is to catch them. Their job is to get away with it. Um, and so we do travel um, and uh, it's fun traveling. It's a different, it, you know, different experience being in the car with them than it is being in the ring. You know, it's like to their degree, they trust me to some degree. Uh, and, right. you know, they're like, you know what? He does his job. We're trying to cheat. We're trying to get away with stuff. If he catches us, fine. If not, you know, it's, it is what it is. But um, they're actually very funny. Um, we have, we've traveled. We have a, the store. Best story we have is, um, as we said, when we became, we became married is uh, I drove them to Montreal. Um, I drove them. We left on the sun, Sunday morning at 6.30 or 7 in the afternoon, drove to Montreal for great, great Northern Wrestling, Hannibal's uh, promotion. Really? Okay. Yeah. We got up there. They wrestled. Um, I got to meet Hannibal. Um, and people were like, are you? He's like, and who are you? I says, oh, I travel with them. I'm a referee. And he looks, he goes, you guys travel with your own referee? And they go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, that's good to know for next time. And then there were a couple of people from the States there. They're like, you're a referee. They're like, yeah. And they're like looking at HOB. They're like, how is he? They're like, yeah, he's good. He's okay. And they're like, the guys are like, why wouldn't you re referee here? I says, I don't know anybody here. And, you know, people are like, if you come back here, we're, you're going to get in the ring. And they had, they had a lot of people there. That was a big crowd. Um, so I we drove in 24 hours, less than 24 hours from North Haven, Connecticut to Montreal back in the car, drove back and got them back here. And we were completely wiped out. How it was, was hyster um, hysterical, though. How was the crowd there at the Great Northern Show? I mean, they seem to have big crowds, right? Yeah, they had a big... I, I'm sure you're familiar with the old New Haven Coliseum. Oh, that was that was my favorite building. I grew, like I said, we, I think we talked about it off air. Like, that was, my, that was the place that I went to the most as a kid for wrestling. Yeah, that are, they had a, an arena that size, and it was pretty full. And wow. I was looking around, there's quite a lot of people around here. And from what I talked to a, some guys there, they're like, yeah, we just did a show. They had 10,000 people. And I'm like, wow. So he definitely draws up there. Um, you know, I hope in the future to be able to get up there and work for them. Um, you know, that's kind of my thing now is looking at different promotions and going, I'd like to work there. How can I get in? Even if I just go work a match, fly myself in, maybe get paid, you know, a few dollars and then head back home, you know. But they're yeah. fun to drive around with. They're, we have different things we do, and they pick on me, and I pick on them. Uh, they they call me, you know, their driver. I'm like, yeah, just give me the cap, and I'll be, you know, be like driving, you know. Drive, you just call me your butler, you know. So <laughs> they've worked with a lot of other people. Um, but you've worked down for Brian Costello's promotion, too, before, right? Didn't you go down there with uh... – with yes. Roma and Mario and stuff. Yeah, we did a. Uh, we <laughs> that's another great story. We left on a Friday night at nine nine o'clock at night. Drove uh -huh. through the night all the way to Indiana, um, just uh, the university there, Notre Dame. Uh, there was a baseball stadium there. Um, we drove all night, got to the hotel, slept for two hours, went to the venue. Um, I wasn't booked, but. Um, you know, Paul was friendly with Brian, uh, mm -hmm. Mario Mancini was wrestling. And so I got to do a match there, which was a lot of fun. And I was truly blessed to be able to do it. Met Cowboy Bob Orton, Brian That's Costello. Awesome. Yeah, there was just a number of people. It was just nice to be able to sit in a, you know, you got Cowboy Bob Orton walking by. You're like, you're like, oh, you're like, oh, my God, you know. Um, but J.J. Uh, Dillon, got to meet J.J. Dillon. Um, so um, did the show. We went back to the hotel, slept for four, five, six hours, got up and then drove all the way back. It was funny because we drove back on the Sunday, which was my birthday. Um, so I'm in the car with Paul Roma 
you know, we're sitting in the front seat. He's like, your job is to keep, make sure I'm staying awake, that we're driving. And uh, it was just a great experience. Um, you know, you're with Mario Mancini, Showtime, uh, Marcel Williams, uh, you know, uh, uh, Zachariah Gibbs was there. Uh, just a number of people. And all it is is just yelling and screaming at each other and yelling and, you know, you're a horrible person and them telling us stories and we're laughing and then, you know, you're making fun of each other. And I got yelled at profusely because of uh, the fact is that I missed the Waffle Houses on the way there. I was going to ask that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> That was my next question. Uh, Why don't you like Mar the Waffle House? <laughs> uh, Mario Mancini made my life miserable uh, on the to the Waffle House because I missed them. And I wasn't aware that I was looking for them. He just decided oh, okay. that I was going to pick on. So I got screamed at <laughs> repeatedly. And it's an ongoing you know, thing with him and I where he loves the Waffle House and I respectfully tell him in a in not so nice way that waffle houses are uh not good i'll use that as i'm trying to keep it all pg for you uh, nah, that's, all right. that's all right yeah i basically tell him that waffle house sucks and then he yells at me on our chat room and i go back and forth and i tell him i hate his his cheesecakes and he's like i hate you and so it's just a lot of fun stuff so have you ever tried his cheesecakes because the pictures he posts are incredible like some of them just look insanely good. Yeah, I I, I had a I, I can't say that I haven't had some. Um, I remember the first time he gave me a piece of cheese. He goes, "You want cheesecake?" I said, "Yeah." He came over. I'm like, "Did you just cut a piece off and leave it there and give me the whole cake?" And uh, <laughs> it, it was, you know, I can't say it. You know, I'll deny I said it here, and I'll say I was drinking when I was doing this podcast. But um, <laughs> he, uh, it was pretty good, although. My cholesterol must have been 400 by the time I finished that piece. It was, really? it was, wow. it was a chocolate cheesecake with Reese's peanut butter cups and something else in there. And I was just like, yeah, it was friends, a friend of my age. Yeah. Holy crap. This thing's good. He's a very, uh, he's a very good baker of cheesecakes, but I'm denying I, I said, I've been wanting to get one, but that, uh, off of him order one, but I'm just like, I really don't need it. Like, I'm trying to drop weight here. <laughs> so I've been working very hard. But every year around the holidays, he posts, posts like, a ton of pictures. I'm just like, oh, my God. He's killing me around yeah. the holidays. He made some. We had something we were doing, and he made, like, six of them. And I had, like, pieces of each of them. And I'm like, dear God. <laughs> so who do you like working with uh, in the ring the most? Uh... Um... I don't know. It's it's really kind of there's like a mixed box. I gen I, I generally enjoy working with everybody. Um, some of the fun people that just make me, you know, and you've seen me in the ring. It's a little bit easier now because you know I, I don't wear a mask, but I was for a while where I was able to laugh um, and people right. would see me. Talking. Um, but uh, I'm I'm trying to. Kylon King um, makes me laugh very much in the ring. He'll start saying stuff to me, and I'm like, you know, look at him. Marcel Williams um, will say some things to me that I'm like, that's totally inappropriate. Um, but you'll laugh. Um, it's funny because you get yelled at for things, and you're just like yell back at people. It's like uh, there's. it seems like it's never really a personal thing. It's more a professional thing and just – you know, people arguing with you. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I enjoy being in the ring with Ichiban. Um, I never know what the hell he's saying. Um, right. Elijah Six will give me a hard time where I'm like, I just start laughing, and he gets mad because I'm laughing at him. He's like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, "I don't even know." And um, <laughs> he's just like, he's like, "You're old." I'm like, "I'm old." He's like, "Yeah, you're old." I'm like. You're a jerk. And he's like, you know. I think he's a, he plays a really good heel. I mean, yeah. to the point where he kept in character. After, after the last show, he kept in character while walking to his car, while somebody said something to him. 
And he just played the arrogant heel. Like, you know, someone was like, oh, you had a great match. He's like, I know. And he's just like walking away. And I was just like, I started laughing, but I was like, it's so perfect. You know, it's just like staying in character. Because nobody's, remember back in the old days when we were growing up, uh, everybody had to stay in character when they were out in public. And nobody does that. And I saw Lucas Chase do that the, uh, probably a couple shows back. And, you know, he kept kayfabe this whole time as some patron was kind of getting irritated with him uh yeah. and was trying to take it to the next level off you know uh thinking that he was just being disrespectful when i'm sitting here knowing that he's just playing his character you know and uh i just you know it's it was very respectful to see people keeping kayfabe you know this day and age i'm a as you can tell i'm a big believer in kayfabe in, during this Me podcast <laughs> and it's <laughs> Um, I, I'm very big on kayfabe, um, yeah. to the point where people are like, come on. I'm like, what? And they're it's like, a lost what? Art. Yeah, it it's is. A lost art. Yeah. And the guys from HOP know that I'm, I'm big on it. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, Elijah six is bad and as mean as he is out there. There's things he does. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. You know? <laughs> and he, you know, he, he does things that you're just like, <laughs> That's so horrible. I'm like he's gonna be in so much trouble when he gets home. But you know, it's it's uh yeah, I'll tell you, I've been there when the fans have really started to push buttons and I'm like, even I'm like, ooh, that's a little, you know, yeah. you're putting the line a little bit here. And that's where our our jobs as referees come in sometimes too, is to kind of, you know, yeah. get in there, you know, hey, get back in the ring. It's like, hey, you know, take it easy. Let's get back in the ring. You're supposed to be wrestling. I do the claps all the time. I'm always like doing this when I'm outside the ring because it gets people's attention. Because um, right. they're like, "You trying to slap me?" And I'm, you just missed. Or, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, the referees. I tell everyone, I go, "We're the safety valve." I says, "We right. really are. We're the we're the ones that really that mediator out there." And if you're not careful, things can. You know, you've seen it. And I've seen it. Things get out of hand, and I'm like, "Wow, that just went I've seen that. Stop quickly." I've seen it. I've seen it so many times at shows where they get, you know, things have gotten in hand. I've seen cops called and shows shut down. I've been to, you know, uh, just because of Balls Mahoney decided to start a fight with a fan, <laughs> you know, like back, you know, however many years ago. And then all of a sudden the show shut down. So I'm like, here goes my $20 or whatever it was at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. And that always yeah. goes well when you shut the show down. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're shutting the show down. You're doing what? <laughs> Listen, there's going to be a fight in the ring or outside the ring. Somebody's getting beat up by the end of the night. So. <laughs> All right. So, usually go about an hour. So, I guess we'll wrap it up in a second. But uh, I want to know sure. what's in store for Bill Thompson, Ref Bill. Oh, one um, more thing. Before I say that. Why haven't you made merchandise yet? That's yeah. That's my you, main question because I know I a lot, and I I just kind of um, been in that place where I. Um, I don't, I haven't felt that I should or really do merchandise, but I've gotten inquiries and I'm kind of in a place where two things, I haven't really found anybody to help me do it. Um, and then I was going to do, um, some stickers. I had somebody working on it and then they flaked out on me. Um, so I'm going to start working. I want to do something with a you know, a sticker with like a bit emoji or something, you know, you can be uh -huh. your avatar on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, all I need is that character with a referee shirt on going ring the bell, you know, and do a nice little sticker for kids. Um, put, a couple other people suggested some other stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, eventually I will do it. It's just like, I'm having fun doing what I'm doing now. And uh, I think if, if I get the stickers made, I probably just give them away. So, but uh well, that's all that's, I do. I just I bought a bunch of stickers and I just give them out everywhere. I mail them to people. They said, just shoot me a message and I have to place another order, speaking of which. <laughs> so yeah. I gave them all the way. Yeah, well, it's like it's uh, your sticker is on the back of my work laptop. Well, so there I, you go. That makes me happy. So Yeah. Someone who was at work was like, who is that? I said, oh, it was a friend of mine, a uh, wrestling fan, but a friend. He also does um, – you know, a podcast and they're like, Oh, and I said, yeah, I says, eventually I'm going to get on the thing. I said, I've, I've talked to him about it. I said, I just, you know, you get jammed up and you, yeah. What you really realize it's, it's, it's been like a year since we've been trying to 
sync our schedules. I mean, I know the pandemic, you know, I know you started working like another job around that time period. Yeah, yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, I I worked a shipping company uh rhymes with rhymes with rhymes with amazon um but uh, but um for what's next for ref bill um listen it's kind of uh again i think i mentioned at the beginning um i've, I've not told pe- uh, many people so um I'm not sure how many people listen to this podcast so we'll see how many people know uh i did sustain an injury so i'm going to be out for about a month um, oh, yeah, so um, I'm healing up, um, but yeah, it's more this year. Um, as I think, being a, I'm being a little bit more strategic. Um, okay. There's places that I've talked about I wanted to work. Um, I've actually, in some way, I've kind of already started that place where I've gotten to work. You know, do some work for NEW um, uh, company. You know, Blitzkrieg. Um, I want to continue to try to bring some newer referees into Paradise Alley. Um, And I also want to be able to venture out and look at, um, I talked to uh, looking into going down the uh, Ricky Morton school, school of Morton, um, just to even, you know, hop on a plane, take, get there, work a show, jump on a plane, head back home. Um, So it's a lot of that stuff. It's just kind of looking at things from a different perspective where, I want to be able to be, because uh, as you said, I worked for a while. I was working, I was working sometimes Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, doing twenty-five matches over a weekend, and uh, you know that was my biggest thing. Was I did, I think I did twenty-four or twenty-five matches over a total weekend, and in one day, I American Coliseum Wrestling, I did like twelve or thirteen matches because the other referee didn't show up. And he's had a stacked card, and uh, I felt like I'd been hit by a car after that. But um, yeah, I was there with Big Jim Anderson, and he's like, "I don't even know how you're standing." I says, "I won't be tomorrow." I says, "I'll just be laying in my bed," and that's how I felt. But um, yeah, just more um, getting out to some of these places that I haven't been able to get to, um, and uh, you know, just being able to work with some people and work with friends and, and enjoy everything. You know, that's what it's all about. I think it's. I right. told everybody you're not having a good time and enjoying it. I go, then you're in the wrong place. That's very good. Uh, that's the way to look at it. Um, speaking of big Jim, we just had him on last Sunday. And okay. uh, anybody wants to go back and listen to that. And um, that American Coliseum, like that show that they held in the white plains mall. I just, yes. the way that whole, that whole thing was set up was just incredible. I, I really liked that whole setup. And then the school of Morton, I've actually watched their shows a bunch of times. Uh, they haven't streaming on the high spots network. It's Ricky Morton's doing some good things there for, you know, uh, for his students and stuff and doing the showcase to such. It's really fun. They're fun shows. Yeah. They, seem, they seem like. Yeah. It's, I think it's a lot of, um, you know, I talked to, um, is having a wrestling resume and it's something mm-hmm. I keep on talking about. And, uh, because so when someone says, well, who are your trainers? You just take it, say, this is the, you know, attach it, say, this is what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for you to, you know, promise me to moon the stars in the sky. All I want is an opportunity so that I could work there and, you know, add that. So I could say, this is something that I wanted to do. I respect you, um, you know, and, and just do that. And it's, uh, one of those things where, um, you know, the, even if you get an opportunity to go work, um, somebody that I worked with in the ring, um, a wrestler is going to work at OVW. And, um, uh-huh. and he was very excited. I, and he, I says, Oh, I says, I got to reach out to them sometime. And he goes, he says, you could definitely do a OVW. And he, you know, very complimentary of my the wrestling, the refereeing craft that I'm working on. So they're a great promotion that, you know, obviously they've been around for a number of years. They had that affiliation with WWE and, uh, impact at one point as well. Um, yeah, but they're still yeah. around They're They still have weekly TV. I watch it every yeah. week and it's still a fun promotion. I used to watch OVW all the time. And, you know, I, you know, you get caught. Once you start working in the wrestling business, it becomes a lot harder to really watch as much. And I come, I get home at a very late hour. So I pull up (laughs) and I watch before I go to bed. And uh, when I get up in the morning, I get on my bike trainer, I watch stuff. So it's like, you have to be very, very strategic and very dedicated to the craft, you know? So, 
Yeah. Yep. All right, Bill. I want to thank you very much for coming on, and I can't wait to get you on another time. Another time, and then, of course, see you in public again at uh, an upcoming show. I know this summer is going to be pretty busy. No, I appreciate everything. Thank you so much.